0: This week's show features an interview with Kristen Tank and Steve Cousins, a commentary on the interview, and information on contacting Inside Muskegon. Our interview this week is with Kristen Tank with the Muskegon Area Intermediate School District and Steve Cousins with Reese Puffer Schools discussing the upcoming special education millage election. I'm here with Kristen Tank with the Muskegon Area Intermediate School District and Steve Cousins from Reese Puffer Schools. Thank you for taking the time out with Inside Muskegon today
1: thank you for
2: having us yeah thank you
0: why don't we start out talking a little bit about what the Muskegon ISD is
2: well, a lot of you have seen us as you drive by on the highway. We're located just off the Ave exit, and we're actually one of 57 intermediate school districts, or some people call them regional educational service agencies, created by the legislature in 1962. And there are really just three reasons why they wanted to create ISDs. Uh, they wanted to bring about quality and equitable educational opportunities, and they really wanted to promote economies of scale. And at the MAISD, we're able to really add to our school's bottom lines um, through cooperative purchasing and technology in a lot of different ways. Uh, we share current incredible researches and best practices, innovation. We have lots of initiatives going on, Countywide Fiber Project being one of them. Um, and also we provide some oversight and liaison roles through programs like Head Start, the preschool program, Muskegon-Oceana County, and, of course, a new Muskegon Area Career Tech Center, which is a really a, a great option for all of our high school students in the local area.
0: Yeah, I had the chance to speak with Joe Howes with the Tech Center in an earlier podcast and got to learn a lot about what's going on there. And it's fascinating that a facility like that is in Muskegon, and that's part of what the ISD does.
2: Yes, and we also operate uh, Wesley School which is a school for physically and cognitive students who have physical and cognitive impairments. And we also, like you say, we run the Career Tech Center and also now have actually opened that up to middle school students in the summer. So it really is just a growing program.
0: There is a special education millage election coming up on February 27th. Why does the Muskegon Area ISD feel we need this millage?
2: Well, let me say that the Muskegon Area ISD is the only um, entity in Muskegon that can ask for this millage. But actually, it was our local school districts that asked us to ask voters to approve a special education millage. And I'm going to let Steve Cousins talk about why that's important.
1: Uh, when Proposal A was passed back in 1994, it took away the ability of local districts to um, uh, ask for millage to to increase, uh, to to bring in money for operations. Um, So it left us one option, which is a countywide election. Uh, Over the last uh, 27 years, since the the last uh, millage was passed for special ed, costs for special education have increased 1,300%. Inflation during that time increased about 230%. So inflation hasn't kept up with the cost. Uh, funding hasn't kept up with the cost. Only about 62% of the cost of mandated services under special ed are covered. So what's happened in the county is that we've had to take general education fund money that comes from the state and use that to pay for mandated special ed services. It's a little bit of the Rob Peter to pay Paul principle. And yeah, now that finances are be- have become so tight over the last five years, uh, there's a need for us to increase that special ed millage so that we can recapture some of our general ed funds.
0: What does the millage proposal contain?
1: Um, we're looking for uh, increasing one mill of uh, levied, one mill levied uh, uh, on homeowners and businesses in the county over twenty years. Uh, that will generate about $4 million a year in uh, revenue for sc- local school districts. Um, the un- unpaid bill for special ed services is nearly $21 million. So we're not looking to cover the whole cost of it. We're looking to provide some relief to our budgets
2: yeah actually, if you look at surrounding counties, uh, Muskegon County currently levies 2.5 mills. Ottawa County is at 3.4 mills, and Kent County is at four mills. So we are significantly um, underfunded compared to our neighboring counties and it's a big difference. In Kent County, they're actually collecting over four, thousand dollars per student and in Muskegon County, it's just over a thousand.
0: Well, why not just decrease the costs of the ISD to cover um, the expense by cutting services?
1: Well, uh, first, the money isn't going to go to the ISD, and the ISD's budget isn't nearly large enough to, to um, cut the kind of money out we're talking about to cover the shortfall. Um, also, districts have, including the ISD, districts in Muskegon County have cut their budgets, Uh One example is Reese Puffer. Over the last three and a half years, we cut $5.4 million out of our budget. Um, So we have done that. We've we've really um, sharpened our pencils. We've gotten very lean. We run a lot of cooperative programs through the ISD so that we save money. And um, funding has been uh, so poor in Michigan for so many years now in a row that there isn't anything left to cut.
2: And actually, a lot of people don't realize that specific special education services are required by law, and we just can't cut them or eliminate them. And a lot of people don't realize, too, that public schools must provide special education services from birth to age 26 to all eligible persons in public and non-public schools. So all our charter schools and our private schools are, are also receiving special education services.
0: How will the funds be used if the millage is passed?
1: All of the money will be returned to local districts. Uh, the ISD, uh, the money won't go to the ISD, and uh, it'll be left to a local district to determine what they're going to use those local dollars for. Given that there, there's been so much cut out of the, uh, our general funds over the last um, four years, um, I imagine most of the districts are going to use the money to bolster and uh, maintain the programs that are in danger of being cut over the next year.
2: We need to remember, though, the millage actually will only cover one-fifth of that $20 million shortfall, the $20.8 million shortfall. So we really are not solving the entire problem. We're just looking for some relief.
0: When's the last time the special education millage was increased?
1: 27 years ago. And I think that it's important to point out that it uh, it indicates that there's been real fiscal responsibility in terms of the programs that have been planned on the part of the ISD and local districts. It's been a long time since the ISD and local districts have come back to voters in it to increase that millage. Um, uh, if if uh, resources weren't managed so well, and if we weren't cooperating uh, at the way we are in terms of pooling our resources at the ISD level to handle uh, things like... many of the business operations that we do. uh, um, We wouldn't have been able to go 27 years without an increase. So fiscal responsibility, 27 years is a long time.
0: Well, the big question people are always going to be asking whenever there's a millage or ever they hear about uh, voting yes or no for something like this is how much more will people pay?
1: For a home that's valued uh, on the market at $100,000, and therefore has a taxable value of $50,000, the cost will be about $4.17 a month, or roughly $50 a year.
0: So not a substantial increase considering what the shortfall is and the amount of money that it it will raise for people.
1: Um, You know, uh, increasing taxes is always something that is uh, difficult for um, public officials to do. We always want to be responsible with uh, the hard-earned money of the people who live in our communities. But it's a great value for the education that's provided for the kids in our county. And I can't think of a a more value-added tax that we could have in this county but to put it into our local schools to maintain the great programs that we have.
2: Another benefit of the millage is if it passes, then the state will also increase its financial support to Muskegon County, we're guessing around $600,000 annually.
0: Well, thank you very much, Kristen and Steve, and good luck with your millage. Thank you. Thank you. Muskegon educators are calling on area residents to approve the special education millage Kristen and Steve spoke about in this podcast. The millage will not solve the $20 million shortfall Muskegon area schools experienced with their special education funding in 2005-2006. However, it will help offset that deficit. The fact that was brought up in the interview that was most eye-opening to me as a resident of Muskegon was the disparity between Muskegon and its surrounding counties when it comes to special education funding. By comparison... Kent and Ottawa counties receive $68 million and $21 million more respectively than Muskegon County. With a disparity like that, it's easy to see why Muskegon schools were $20 million in the hole last year. If passed, this millage will generate $4.2 million plus an additional $600,000 in state money. All for $100 more per year for people who own a $200,000 home. The millage will support special education programs at Fruitport, Holton, Mona Shores, Montague, Muskegon, Muskegon Heights, North Muskegon, Oak Ridge, Orchard View, Ravana, Reese Puffer, Whitehall, Muskegon Technical Academy, Three Oaks, Timberland, Tri-Valley, and all other non-public schools. So get out and vote on February 27th. And for more information on the special education millage, visit muskegonisd.org slash Dot htm. I'm going to move on now to some listener feedback and for the latest feedback on Inside Muskegon visit our website at InsideMuskegon.com you can post your own comments to the site view the comments of others and even comment on their comments feedback can also be left via voicemail at 231-354-2332 when dialing be sure to include the 1 and 231 and leave your first name and city in the message that brings us to the conclusion of episode number 59 of Inside Muskegon for more information, visit our website at InsideMuskegon.com. Inside Muskegon is produced by Jeremy Seer. For Inside Muskegon, I'm Jason Piseki. Feedback is welcome at Jason at InsideMuskegon.com. This has been the Inside Muskegon podcast. Comments are welcome through our website,
2: or by emailing Jason at InsideMuskegon.com.